This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good morning. I am joined this morning by Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. Good morning, Teresa. Good morning, Denny, and everybody out there in Radioland. Yes, it looks like we're in for a little bit of rain finally. And uh, finally. we don't want we don't want the th- you know the severe weather, but uh, we'll keep you posted on the as as things develop today. So you uh, you stay tuned to CCO. But in the meantime, this is our Smart Garden Show. We'll uh, take your phone calls and text messages concerning lawns and gardens. Boy, Teresa, my lawn, not just mine, but many lawns are looking pretty kind brown and crunchy. Kind of crunchy? Crispy, yeah. yes, mm-hmm. very much so. <laughs> Which is not what you want to use to be describing your lawn. Crispy and crunchy should be your cereal, not your lawn. What a summer we've <laughs> we've we've had so far. Yes. Um, and we're already getting a bunch of text messages. I want to alert our listeners that if you uh, do have any kind of a lawn or garden question, you want to get it in sooner rather than later, you can call, if you like, and uh, chat with Teresa uh, or send a text. It's the same number to get to either the phone call or text, 651 651- Four six one nine two two six. I Denny, guess the big de- yeah. Denny, can I throw out two things? Absolutely. Um, first of all, water your trees. Yeah, that's a really good thing to do. Your trees need water, so if you can, give your trees some water, nice deep watering overnight if you'd like to. And um, if I can't get your questions, extension.umn.edu. All right, we'll uh, repeat that as we uh, like to do. uh, Yes. I'm done for the day now. See you guys later. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Go have some coffee or something. Go have some coffee. Got my tea brewing, yeah. All right. Uh, Again, uh, you know, in fact, let's do this before we get too too behind here. Let's see if we can't pick up on some uh, text messages. And if you want to call Teresa, do that, 651-461-9226. Always good to hear uh, our listeners call in as well. Uh, a couple of texts that are referring to Japanese beetles, and they both uh, are talking about getting rid of them, but without using toxic pesticides that would destroy mm-hmm. the honeybees. Uh, right. This other listener is overrun with Japanese beetles on plum trees and honey crisp apples. What would you suggest, Teresa? Well, there's, it's really hard when they're in your trees. I would definitely go to the extension line, extension.umn.edu. Um, they're not going to hurt... Well, no, I shouldn't say that. They might. 
they shouldn't be impacting your fruit set and your fruit trees, uh, but they may defoliate them. Um, I, if the trees are too large or if they're small, and if you can shake them off in the morning and, I don't know, stomp on them on the ground or throw them into buckets of soapy water, that's always a good thing. But if your trees are really big and there's a really big infestation, there's not a lot you can do. You can go to the extension website and see see what you can do. But the best thing then is just, um, you know, to, to try to have a really good ecosystem in your yard. Uh, that brings in the predators, the birds, and things like that that may take some of the beetles. So always invite the birds in and the other good bugs. There's no good bugs yet that take out Japanese beetles, but they'll take out other pests. And then just keep your tree as healthy and happy as you can. Be giving it extra water, be taking care of it, not pruning it at the wrong time, and just try to put as less stress on it as it can since it's under attack of Japanese beetles. But that would be my suggestion right now for the beetles. There's not a lot you can be spraying that isn't going to hurt other things. And on your fruit trees, it's even trickier what you're going to spray. Teresa, does uh, having all this dry, hot weather increase their population, give them a better base to work from? It it actually can kind of, it, because the grass dies, um, ah. so the grub and the grub population last year was a little down. We're not seeing a huge Japanese beetle infestation everywhere, so it's just pockets. So if the grubs aren't eating the grass, then they can't, they won't live and they won't. Uh, you know, uh, come to your yard. However, Japanese beetles can fly a number of miles. So just because you take care of your lawn and you don't, or you don't have a lawn, doesn't mean that somebody's lawn a mile or two away isn't making Japanese beetle grubs for for the other years. So the drought can impact the the populations. Um, uh, awful awful springs can impact the populations, uh, but. They, they're still going to be there. You're going to see these population increases in various yeah. areas. Yeah, It's just something we've got to live with, and, and, and weather is important, but there's a lot of other things, too, that go into it. All right. 651 Let's grab a phone call from Ken, who is calling in from Maplewood, I believe, this morning. Ken, you're on with Teresa. Good morning. I'm, uh, I have a couple of tomato plants in containers. Mm-hmm. And you're getting that black spot on the bottom of the tomato. Okay. And I'm wondering if I'm watering it too much or, or not enough. Yes. Um, <laughs> Ken, Ken that's, that's a really good question, Ken. What you're seeing is called blossom and rot. And what happened is when the tomato was making, when the tomato plant was making the tomato, it got to the end of that part of the tomato and there wasn't enough uh, calcium in in the system of the plant in the soil for it to finish the tomato. Now, there might have been enough calcium in the soil, but because the roots were either damaged from overwatering or underwatering, there wasn't enough roots to go out there and get that calcium. So what you can do is um, wait for your second crop. Uh, You can cut off the the bad parts of the tomatoes. They're still edible. edible. Go ahead and eat them. But wait for the second crop of the tomatoes. They'll be fine because the root system is now much bigger in the container. But try to even out the watering if you possibly can. You want the soil moist. 
You don't want it overly soggy. You don't want it really dry. And in pots, that's really hard to do. But that's what you're aiming for in pots. There's also little calcium sprays that you can spray on your tomato plants when they're set. That's what you're aiming for in pots. There's also little calcium sprays that you can spray on your tomato plants when they're setting that first fruit set. But by the time they get to the second fruit set, or if you have something that crops a little later, the plant is bigger. So when you plant your tomato plants, don't put fertilizer in the soil right away. Let it get established first. The fertilizer can burn the new plant, the new roots. Once it gets those bigger root systems more in proportion to the size of the plant, you should be fine and not see the blossom end rot. Interesting enough, uh, we're getting more tomato questions Tomato plant questions. Um, it's probably the time of the year, time of the it season. It is the time of year, yeah. and Minnesotans love their tomato plants. Oh it's yes, like a, it's like our favorite fruit to grow. So I'm raising my hand on that. Yes. Are you? Um, what are you growing? Okay, you're growing tomatoes. We'll talk yes. about that later, maybe. And some peppers too. Oh, uh, wonderful! But uh, this year, this texture says my tomatoes are not blossoming well. They're long and leggy. How to increase the blossoming and fruiting? They have Roma, Big Beef, Large Cherry, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Let's see what else. Do do do. Sun show. All have good sun. Well watered yep. is needed. Yep. Fertilized properly spaced. What do you think the legginess is caused? Uh, the legginess. Uh, it, it could be too much that it, that it's not getting enough sun, even though they're leggy, but they're growing too much. Um, making sh- make sure that you're not fertilizing them with a high nitrogen fertilizer. That the second and third numbers are the larger numbers. They don't need a lot of super leaves. But I think the problem you're seeing more here is the heat. And when we get these temperatures that are so hot during the day and maybe they don't cool down enough at night or if you've got it in a situation like like uh, I have a dark colored house. So if I plant on the south side of my house, that house radiates heat all night long. So those plants can't cool down at night and that will affect your blossom set a lot. So the hot, dry, windy weather really messes up blossom set. Um, there's not much you can do about that. We just have to wait for it to cool off a little bit at night. We're supposed to get some good temps next week, so it yeah. should be a little more. But once plants get to 90, they just stop growing. Even some plants are more sensitive. 80 and 85 is just too hot for them. They're just not going to do much. It's it's just too stressful. I mean, you're not running marathons out there out there in 90-degree temperatures. Your plants can't be doing that either. So. Absolutely, and, and I know we let, let's take a quick break here. I want to alert our listeners uh, to uh, call in or text in 651-461-9226, your lawn and garden questions. But I want to mention weather-wise, a couple of rounds of severe weather expected today, and Twin Cities are included. Round one going to be this morning roughly along the uh, Minnesota River from west-central into southeastern Minnesota. Could be large hail, damaging wind gusts. Locally, heavy downpours will be the primary hazards uh, with this morning's round of storms. Round two is expected to develop this afternoon from south-central into east-central Minnesota, continue easterly across southeast Minnesota and western Wisconsin into the evening. Now, what are they talking about? Destructive wind gusts, large hail, locally heavy rainfall possible, and maybe a tornado or two possible with this second round of storms. All right, so you stay tuned to A3OWCC. We will, of course, keep you uh, well-informed on these uh, ever-changing weather conditions. I can tell you currently uh, we do have mostly cloudy skies. Dew point is sticky, 65. Our CCO temperature reading, 75 degrees. Stay with us.
And a good Saturday morning to you, Denny Long, along with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney on our Smart Garden Show here every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. You can call it in, your question, or text it in. Same number, 651-461-9226. And as usual, Teresa, we have callers and we have texters, many of them. Let's get to it. Uh, I think Vicky may be first up here on the phones calling in uh, from Blaine. Vicki, thank you for waiting. What's your question for Teresa? Yes, thank you. With all the wind we've had lately, um, we have a tree that's probably about 40 feet tall. It's a maple. And we notice that it's got uprooted slightly on one side and it's tilted. What can be done with that other than throwing more dirt over it? Okay, what does it have on one side, Vicki? Pardon me? What does it have on the one side? It's it's uprooted. Rooted. Oh, okay. So it's tipping. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yes. I would I would have a professional tree care, uh, a certified arborist come and look at that. Uh, you can pile more soil on that part. However, it might just maybe need a crown thinning or something like that. But a professional arborist would be the best person to tell you because a forty foot tree is probably too big to stake. Um, and so just to see what's going on with that, um, that's that's what I would do. I would have a professional look at it because they can look at the site and see why is it tipping? Is it the wind? Is it not going to recover from this? Is it just going to keep tipping? Is there something going on with the soil? Has it eroded? Is it just so dry? Is it too wet? Is it too sandy? What's going on? Why aren't the tree roots, the buttressing roots holding that tree down? I would have a professional arborist look at it. Good luck with your maple, Vicki. Thanks, Vicki. Uh, I'm going to grab a call from Mark, and then we'll get back to uh, to more text messages. But uh, let's grab another phone call. Mark is calling in this morning from uh, Shoreview. Mark, yes. what is your question? Yes, good morning. This is about a small Japanese maple in, an out, in a container outdoors. Uh, in the heat uh, a few weeks ago, it uh, about 20% of the branches, all of the uh, leaves shrivel up and, and turn brown, and it looks like it's kind of a newer growth areas. Should do those branches all need to come off, and do they? Should I take them off now or uh, after it goes dormant? And uh, uh, anything else that I should do, like do I need to pull the plant out of the pot and, and try to shave off the dead roots in the in the root ball? Okay, those are really good questions, Mark. Um, so Japanese maple in a pot. What you want to do is just go out and test those branches. Um, just bend them a little bit and see if they snap, then they're dead. And then take your pruner uh, and just prune back to a live, a live area, whether it's next to the trunk if the whole branch is gone. Dead is dead. It's not coming back. However, sometimes okay. the leaves just get damaged and they might regrow again. So you can even just take your pruner and just start at the end and see if you're seeing green wood or brown wood and just prune back to dead, uh, to the live wood, and you'll be fine. You can prune your maples anytime. Other than that, I would just keep keep it well watered in its container. You don't need to do any root pruning at this time. Uh, maybe complement uh, top dress with a little compost if you like, just to make it a little happier. Uh, otherwise, it should be just fine, And uh, and good luck with that, Mark. I love Japanese maples. They're so beautiful. If you are just joining us, uh, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney answering your lawn and garden questions on our Smart Garden Show at the 651-461-9226. I'm going to grab another call, but in the meantime, uh, this listener says, I have a lot of very fine spider web like uh, that's spreading in my sunny on my sunny deck pots around perennials, hostas, ground covers. It seems to be like a mat, and every day I pull it off 
out of the pots, and a few days later, it's back. It's even on the grass. What mm-hmm. is this kind of web stuff, and how do I get rid of it? They're spider webs. Normally, uh, about the beginning, the end of July into the August, that's what I call like spider season because the spider population just explodes because the insect population is exploding. So those spider webs are just catching all those critters that may be a problem for you, all those insects, good or bad, they'll catch them and they'll take care of them. This is just nature's way of cleaning up the abundance that's out there. And it's totally typical. You can keep cleaning them off if you want. Um, and probably on your deck you'd like to because you don't really want spider webs up there. But if you see them in the landscape, if they're not bothering you, I wouldn't worry about them at all. It's just the spiders doing naturally what spiders do, eating the abundance of insects so we don't have as many problems going into um, the next season. So they're just okay. following the all-you-can-eat all buffet. All right, very good. Well put. Uh, let's grab a co- phone call before we have a look at that forecast. Jane is uh, next up here this morning calling in from Lakeville. Hi, Jane. What's your question, please? Hi, you guys. I love your show. Um, I have a hibiscus plant that is on my deck in a container, and I have like 50 buds on it, but I don't have the leaves keep falling off. I've done you know, what you said before fertilized it, make sure it drains well, um, it's in a nice area, but I don't know what to do. I mean, it just has all these buds and the flowers are blooming, but the leaves are just um, dying and turn and falling off. Uh, so it's probably, I, I wouldn't worry about it. The plant sounds extremely happy. It's blooming. It's wonderful. Um, probably the maybe the with the wind, the leaves are being broken the connection to the stem is being broken so then the leaves die with and so they're just not strong enough maybe move it out of a, the less into a less windy spot that may be helpful to you um, otherwise it sounds like the tree is doing or the the hibiscus is doing just fine um, you're doing everything right jane everything is perfect uh, it just maybe the wind is just too much on some of those really windy days or it's just breaking that connection and then the leaf has to die, and the plant has to put out a new one. Good luck okay. with your hibiscus. Very good. Uh, we have about another half hour of the show to go, Teresa, so hang on. We will take a break uh, for weather, uh, most important information coming along here, so stay with us. Here is our phone number. It's also our text number, 651-461-9226. On a Saturday morning here on News Talk 830, this is WCCO. And a good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. We thank folks like Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, who is joining us today, helping our listeners out either by phone or by text at this number, 651-461-9226. Teresa, a lot of callers, a lot of texters. But before we get to that, uh, let's uh, let's talk. You and I were talking a little bit about uh, off air, but let's let's share that with our listeners. Yeah. So so especially for those new new gardeners out there, when we have storms like this coming in, and if you have uh, tomatoes that are ripening or any kind of things you want to protect, and we're going to get hail, you can toss a sheet over that plant to protect it from hail, so the fruit doesn't get damaged, or some of those. Um, 
shade cloths or anything like that, the floating row covers, you might want to cover your plants to protect them. Or if you have a prize hosta that's going into the state fair uh, that you don't want damaged, cover that with uh, the floating row cover so the hail doesn't damage it. And again, secure those pots and those hanging baskets. Maybe take the hanging baskets down, uh, move all the pots to a special place, or just maybe tip them over so the wind doesn't tip them over and take them out. Those are just for new gardeners who may not realize that they can do some protection against incoming storms. That's a good point. Thank you for uh, bringing that up. Uh, This listener, then we're going to grab some phone calls. Uh, Is it too late to plant shrubs in Zone 3? It is not too late to plant shrubs shrubs in Zone 3. I would plant uh, up until maybe the second week or third week in uh, September if you want to plant shrubs. All right. Let us go back to the phones. I think Lisa's calling in from uh, Cambridge, Minnesota this morning. Uh, Lisa, you're on CCO with Teresa. Good morning. I am trying to take care of my parents' um, fairy castle cactus. And I went in yesterday, and the whole top of it is drooping down. The only thing I can think of is I recently turned their air conditioner on, and I think there's a vent above the cactus. Okay. Is that enough to make it be drooping, or what am I doing wrong? <laughs> I, I am not familiar with this plant at all, Lisa, and I give you kudos for tra- taking care of a cactus like that. That would that would kind of worry me just a little bit because I'm not that familiar with cactus because um, they have thorns, okay. and thorns hurt. But um, you can look at maybe the, the Arizona uh, extension uh, or something like that might give you some ideas. But I would think that could be a possibility where it's just in a draft. I don't know how thick the cactus cactus is, but the draft could have pushed it down. So if you can move it out of that draft, that will be helpful. And then do test the soil. I'm not sure if your parents gave you watering instructions, but if they did, do follow the watering instructions because that would be very helpful uh, to know when when you're supposed to water it. And remember, the air conditioning will change the, the temperature of the room, obviously, and the humidity. So if your parents don't always have the air conditioning on like that, then you may need to adjust how often you water. You may need to water a little bit more, just a titch. You don't want to overwater the cactus by any stretch of the imagination. Um, so you'd want to underwater, if anything. But I would move it out of the draft. That should help. Good luck with that, Lisa. All right. Let's grab a call from uh, Mike, who's checking in from Columbia Heights uh, this morning. Mike, good morning. Uh, thanks for waiting. W- what is your question, please? Good morning. Um, I have a, a young river birch, and the stalks are probably at below are about an inch, and up towards the top, it's about eight feet tall, are, are very thin. And I have it tied off to grow up straight. I'm worried about the uh, winds. Should I untie it, or should I leave it tied up? Um, how tightly is it tied? Can it still move a little bit in the wind, Mike? They it gives when it wind okay. when the wind blows. It mm-hmm. gives. That should be I, it's fine. A, I got to tie it up with a nylon. Okay, so that should be fine as long as the the nylon is not girdling the branch and the tree can still move. I would also remind you that. Depending upon how long it's been on there, you want to you leave that how you how you've tied it. Leave that one season, and then move the whole thing uh, next year if you have to stake it again. Move where you stake it. The 
the the tree needs to move back and forth to get strong it's like when we need to move and, and strengthen our core muscles the tree needs to strengthen its trunk so it needs to have a little bit of give to move back and forth and then you also don't want to girdle branches by staking it the same place all the time and putting pressure on the same branches at the same place all the time so you want to make sure you move that so you want your tree to have some give back and forth so it can get strong um, and then you do want to make sure you move those uh, stakes every season. And you shouldn't have to stake it for too long. It should be able to stand up on its own pretty good, as long as it's not in a super windy area that it can't get rooted. But you want it to, to, to move a little bit. So I think you're doing everything right. Just make sure you, you pay attention that it does have some movement in there, Mike. Okay. Let's grab another call and then the more text messages. I think Eleanor is still on the line calling in from uh, Bloomington this morning. Eleanor, what is your question, please? My butternut squash is only producing male blossoms, lots of them, but I'm not getting any fruit to form. Mm-hmm. I was wondering what I can do about that. <laughs> Thanks for waiting for to ask that question, Eleanor. Uh, so our squashes sometimes do produce a lot of male fruit in the beginning or a lot of male flowers in the beginning. There's not much we can really do. You can take off some of the, the flowers. Otherwise, just keep a watch out for those female flowers. Try to make sure the plant is as well watered as you can get it. Um, the wind can sometimes do a little damage to them. But it's just we just have to wait uh, until the plant is big enough and strong enough to do the female flowers. It's, there's not much you can do as a human to influence that. Good okay. luck with that. This uh, listener says, my daughter would like to transplant some of my ferns to a spot under her red pines. Will they do well there, and when is a good time to transplant them? You could transplant those anytime, say, after the 1st of September when it's a little bit cooler. This next week coming up is supposed to be a little cool, so you could do it then, too. Now, under a red pine, it's going to be very dry under there, so I would suggest getting some soaker hosers. Um, or drip irrigation and set that up under it so that you can keep the the ferns well watered. Uh, Your red pine is going to act like an umbrella, so no water will ever get to those ferns underneath the tree itself. So consider how the ferns need water and that you're going to have to supply that. In that case, you may want to plant those ferns near the very drip line of the red pine. And if they want to, they can spread inwards if they can find the water. If there's no water there, then they'll spread outwards. And that's how you can do that. Um, But if you put soaker hoses down, you can put them under the needles uh, right next to to the ferns that you plant. And you can leave them out 24-7, 365 days a year you drip irrigation you can just set it for each fern if you'd like and i would probably take care of them like that for at least two years to make sure the ferns are established but remember the closer you get to the trunk it's going to be drier there's more fibrous roots from the pine and there's less and less water and nutrition there for the ferns to live okay keep that in mind good luck this texture says, I have a potted vinca, and it's outgrowing its pot. Can I repot a section or a couple of sections into another pot without disturbing the plant? Sure. All you have to do is just take those sections and set them on top of the soil in the other plant and pin them down 
they will root out and then once you know that they're firmly rooted you can remove it from the mother plant just snip it off or you can take some sections um, if you just if you just start pulling up sections of it if you're like just digging down into the pot and taking up a section that's rooted you can do take those whole roots and just put them in a new pot too or you can take cuttings and try to root them out once they are rooted then you can put them in new pots but sure you can you can plant it on that way that'd be okay. wonderful this listener wanted to know about pepper plants they produce flowers that fall off instead of producing the peppers any remedy for that uh there's it's really hot and dry and windy and that can damage the flowers. So the plant knows if it has the energy to make to make um, uh, the fruit, the pepper. If it doesn't have the energy, it's too stressed from the environment, it's too hot, it's too dry, it's too windy, it's too something else, the plant won't produce the flowers. Also, if the flowers are there and you're not seeing any pollinators, if they don't get pollinated, then the flowers will fall off too. So first of all, make sure that your plant is not as stressed, least stressed as you can possibly make it. And then make sure you do have an area where the pollinators are coming. Are you seeing pollinators visit those plants? If you're not seeing pollinators, then maybe take a little Q-tip. And if you see the flowers, just go from flower to flower and pretend to be a bee and see if you can get it pollinated. And then see if the plant can, has enough energy to bring that, um, to then set fruit for you. Okay. Teresa, I know that you uh, are a pet owner, right? I am. I am owned by pets. I'm not You're a pet owner. <laughs> that's I am owned you, by pets. That's the way it usually is. Uh, just a reminder yeah. to uh, to our listeners that tomorrow, Susie Jones has asked me to fill in for her as she takes another day of vacation tomorrow. We will have during our health hour in the 7 o'clock hour tomorrow morning, for those of you pet owners, Dr. Jean Geske, a veterinarian who's uh, helped us out here on CCO for many years. She's going to be answering your your pet questions, your pet health questions tomorrow in the veterinarian who's uh, helped us out here on CCO for many years. She's going to be answering your your pet questions, your pet health questions tomorrow in the 7 o'clock hour. And just like the Garden Show, we tend to get very busy. So keep that in mind. That's uh, 7 a.m. hour tomorrow. Get your questions in early. Yes, for sure. <laughs> All right. We'll remind you of that, too. Uh, in the meantime, uh, we have mostly cloudy skies, 75 degrees in the Twin Cities. We're in the midst of a severe thunderstorm watch. Keep in mind, it's just a watch now. Until 2 this afternoon, things could change. You stay tuned to 830 WCCO. Back to our Smart Garden Show here on CCO every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Just a reminder, in the 9 o'clock hour this morning, as usual, Andy Linda's returns, we'll be talking home improvements. What kind of a question related to that? Uh, keep those in mind, and uh, we'll uh, pick up on your texts and calls next hour on our home improvement show. In the meantime, we're talking lawns and gardens with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. You know, Teresa, I haven't mentioned it yet. You mentioned the University of Minnesota website, which we always recommend, extension.umn.edu. Check it out. So many, so much information there that uh, all the good folks that have worked so hard to uh, make that just a fabulous resource. And I just got my, uh, my event catalog, if I want to call it that, magazine from the Arboretum. Oh, there's good stuff going on out there. A lot of good things going on. Go to the giant pumpkin project and see what's going on. Yeah, bring the family, the whole family, friends, relatives, whatever. They'll 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 appreciate it, and, and you will too if you haven't been there yet. The Minnesota Landscape Ar- University of Minnesota Landscape Arboretum. 
Um, again, six six five one four six one nine two two. Because oh my goodness, we have so many text messages. Uh, <laughs> here's one: Should I keep trimming my mums at this time? I've had to cut uh, the buds twice already. Uh, but uh, no, I would start letting them go. Okay, go ahead. We have uh, an apple tree that has apples growing. Some branches are hanging almost to the ground. Can I cut those that are low-hanging now? There are plenty of apples in the other branches. It's not the best time to be pruning your fruit tree. There's a disease called fire blight out there, and we have a hot, humid climate. And it's a fungal disease that will kill your tree within a week. So if you do have to cut those branches, it's, it's a necessity for some reason. Uh, clean your pruners, clean your cutters, make your cuts, and then immediately afterwards you have to seal that with a pruner seal. You can't just leave that open wound. And then if you have to cut more than one branch, repeat the whole same thing. Uh, sterilize your pruner, go to the next branch, cut it off. Put the pruner sealer on it, and remember you never want to trim more than 25% of the entire tree at one time during one season. Okay. This listener wants to get a plant identified. Uh, how do I find out, they say, the name of a perennial with long white flowers that bees love? How would they do that? You can you can go to the extension website and you can what plant is this is a really good one. There's also some apps you can use like I Naturalist. It's like the letter I and then the word Naturalists, Naturalist just single. That will help you identify it too. Or if you have a good Facebook group, you can take a picture of it and go to your Facebook group and ask them. Or if you go to the extension website, take a good picture, and you can send a picture to a master gardener. Um, you may just want to start looking at some native plants with white flowers blooming at this time, and it'll probably narrow it down for you right away. Okay. This listener wants to know when and how often should you fertilize Arbivitae, and what fertilizer would be best? Actually, you know, when you have trees and shrubs, you, you really shouldn't have to fertilize them. They have a big enough root system where they should be able to go out and find the nutrition they're needing. If you have a healthy ecosystem, a healthy environment, you can always top dress with compost to it once a month if you want to, a little bit of compost on the top. Otherwise, if you do want a fertilizer, just a, a regular, you can use a tree and shrub fertilizer or just your gardener, garden fertilizer, 10-10-10. Go ahead and fertilize that. You can do that up to one month. I would suggest that if you're going to fertilize any of your perennials, that includes your trees, shrubs, uh, flowers, that the last time you fertilize is August 1st. No fertilizing perennials after August 1st because they have to start getting ready to become dormant and it takes them a long time to, to turn that around and start going into that process. So you don't want to mess up their whole system. Okay. This listener, Teresa, wants to know when should you trim rhododendrons? You should trim those right after. They're a spring blooming shrub, so you trim those right after they finish pr uh, blooming, just like you would a mock orange, uh, a lilac, uh, azaleas, any of those plants that bloom in the spring. Set their flower buds for next year within about three weeks after they finish blooming. So you can prune them now. Just understand you are pruning off next year's flowers with whatever you cut off. So, but that should have been done within two to three weeks after they finish blooming in the spring. Uh, let's see another text. How do I treat peony mildew? 
Uh, you know, that's that's really not a big deal. You can use a fungicide on it. However, once you start, I'm sorry, peony mildew. I wonder what they mean if they mean powdery mildew. You that can probably use, is true. The, yeah, you can use a, a, like a fungicide on that uh, for powdery mildew. You can use it. However, once you see that, it's already in the system and you're only going to be playing catch up. It's not a big deal. It's nothing really to worry about. You can also just treat it by spraying fresh water on it out of the hose uh, early one morning when we're going to have a nice dry day and let it dry off and let those those leaves dry off. And then if you can stop your sprinkler system from putting more water on those leaves all the time, that will help too. Boy, here's a timely question, the, probably the last one. Is the grass really dormant or is it dead? It really depends. <laughs> um, I would I would give it a little extra water, a little water occasionally. This rain we have coming in today might help. Uh, if it's all crispy, uh, just give it light watering until it starts getting a little cooler and then increase the watering, and then you'll see if it comes out of dormancy or if it's dead, it won't come out of dormancy. Teresa, before we go, why don't you give us that university website once again? extension.umn.edu and stay cool out there, people. Yeah, click on that garden tab. You're going to be amazed at all the information you can find there and hope you join us next week, too. Uh, Teresa, thank you so much. Always a pleasure, always fun. And uh, we'll uh, talk to you, um, I bet, in the near future. In the near future, and it's been my pleasure. All right. Thank you, Teresa. Master Gardener. Bye-bye. Teresa Rooney here on 830-WCCO. Another reminder that we'll have our home improvement show coming along next hour. So get those kind of questions uh, in your mind. Keep those in mind. And we'll ask you to call in or text into Andy Lindis next hour. Reminder, two: there is a severe thunderstorm watch. That does include the Twin Cities until uh, 2 o'clock this afternoon. So keep that in mind. Things, uh, things may change. In the meantime, uh, we have uh, southeast winds at uh, 6 miles an hour. See, what is the dew point? That's kind of sticky out there now. 65 degrees is the dew point. 71% is the relative humidity. Cloudy skies, rain on the way. And our current WCCO temperature reading this Saturday morning, 75 degrees in the Twin Cities. Stay with us here on News Talk 830. This is W. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh.